Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Howdy, Pete. Howdy, Charlie. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know that Joe Biden is driving our country into the toilet every day he remains in office? Yep. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know that if Biden keeps up all this crap, we're all going to end up in World War III or another Great Depression? Yep. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Did you know even if he steps down tomorrow, which he should, we'll be stuck with that not-African-American, light-skinned Indian Island woman as our new president? Yep. Why'd you ask? I was just wondering. Besides, I figure I'm miserable, and now you're miserable, and everybody knows misery loves company. Welcome to USA 2022. See you later, Charlie. Tune in next time when Pete and Charlie discuss things that are important to America. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program, where we ferret out the facts, find the truth, and bring it to you, no matter how much it hurts. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, while we still have one. I apologize in advance if you are offended, but I retract nothing. This next piece comes from BuzzFeed.News. Denver Broncos player called, quote, a worthless effing N-word, unquote, in a threatening letter. Although... Tamara Griffin, an African-American BuzzFeed news reporter, reported this story online with the F-word spelled out and the N-word completely spelled out. She can apparently get away with that because she is a black woman. I would be lynched for doing such a thing on my program. What? Can't be lynched? Oh, I can't be lynched because lynching is now officially a hate crime. That's right. President Joe Biden signed an executive order yesterday making lynching a hate crime. Wait, what? Only lynching of black people? So white people can still be lynched and it's not a hate crime? What if a black person lynches a white person and says, I'm lynching your cracker ass and they ain't going to do me nothing about it because you white? No, still not not a hate crime? Okay, just thought I'd check. This article goes back quite a few years. I was looking for an example to explain how the left thinks about gropey Joe Biden basically inviting World War III to our doorstep and then allowing all of his handlers, his puppet masters, those pulling his strings and his mouthpieces to simply say something was not wrong with what he said. In fact, before I get to this article, let me see if I can find this other piece because I thought it was pretty important. There was an article in The Hill posted today, and it says, in defense of Mr. Biden calling for Putin to be removed from office, a regime change, calling for all of the things that he now denies saying. He denied even saying them, even though we have them recorded on audio and video saying these things. An article in The Hill by James Robbins is entitled, On Putin, the President Simply Said What Everyone Was Thinking. Well, I wonder how you would feel, Mr. Robbins, if I said, Biden needs to step down. Biden needs to be removed from office. We need a regime change in the United States of America. I think you would have to agree that I am saying what everyone else is thinking, that Biden needs to go, that Biden is a clear and present danger to our democracy, to our way of life, to our very freedom. This article, by the way, was posted in The Hill, and it says, let's not be too hard on President Biden simply for saying what most people believe. Well, wait a minute. 
Biden doesn't even remember saying it. He denied even saying it. You clown. Did you not even understand that simplistic portion of the whole debacle? This article continues, on Saturday, the president spoke in Warsaw to demonstrate support for Ukraine in its fierce defense against Russian aggression and to reassure NATO members that the United States would stand by them should the Kremlin choose to extend its war beyond Ukraine's borders. You might recall the president said if Vladimir Putin uses chemical or biological weapons, we will respond in kind, speaking not only for the United States, but for NATO, you know, the little group of countries that we support financially, what, 80% of their support comes from us? Then when asked about it, Joe Biden says, I didn't say that. I said no such thing. He could not even remember what he said. And the White House has now spent almost a week doing their very best to walk it back, to spin it their way, to make people think, well, Joe's just saying what everybody else is thinking. You know, you use chemical weapons on us, and we use chemical weapons on you. You know, uh, you send troops, we're going to send troops. But then he denied saying that we were going to send troops. He told U.S. troops to their faces during a visit in Poland to the troops about the horrors that were going on across the border in the Ukraine. He says, and pretty soon you all are going to go and see this firsthand. If that doesn't tell you, hey, we're heading to Ukraine, folks, I don't know what does. And the president denied saying it, even though he said it. And we have recordings, both audio and video, of him saying it. Then it was, he needs to get rid of Vladimir Putin, or we need to get rid of Vladimir Putin, or Vladimir Putin needs to go, and we need a regime change. He denies that as well. So let me go back to this article. On Saturday, the president spoke in Warsaw to demonstrate support for Ukraine and its fierce defense against Russian aggression, and to reassure NATO members that the United States would stand by them should the Kremlin choose to extend the war beyond Ukraine's borders. The 30-minute address stressed themes of freedom, unity, and resistance, and would have hardly been controversial until the very last line when Biden says of Vladimir Putin, quote, For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, unquote. Those words, those nine words will probably be amongst the words that Joe Biden has spoken from his heart, off the cuff, unscripted, no teleprompter, no cue cards, how he really feels. Just like George H.W. Bush when he said, read my lips, no new taxes. Those six words cost George H.W. Bush a second term in office because the Democrats used those words against him and managed to raise taxes with their veto-proof majority back in the day. Joe Biden's nine words, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power shall be used against him for every further day that he remains in office for every day moving forward let those nine words resonate in your mind your heart and your soul joe biden was calling for an ouster of the president of russia a regime change and in saying those nine words he set forth united states policy as the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of the United States of America. The statement, of course, caused controversy. It's not the kind of thing world leaders usually say of each other unless they intend to do something about it directly. It appeared that gropey Joe Biden was introducing a radical change in U.S. policy by calling for a regime change in Moscow. 
Of course, the White House slapped their heads and went, holy shit, what is this clown saying now? Damage control, damage control, clean up on aisles 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Damage control, report to the bridge. Damage control, clean up on aisles 1 through 9. Biden just effed up again. The White House then attempted to walk back the comment, denying that it implied what it exactly said, overthrowing Putin, and implausibly asserting that President Biden meant that the Russian leader cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbors or the region. Well, guess what, my friends? If that's what gropey Joe Biden meant, and he's such a great communicator, why isn't that what he said? Nobody fell for the lies of the cleanup crew. They threw some paper towels down. They probably urinated on them. And then they picked them up with gloves and a, a pickup stick and begged America to please just ignore what the president said. This, of course, was not the first cleanup that Gropey Joe's team had to do on that singular trip. He was asked by reporters at NATO headquarters how the United States would react to Russia using chemical weapons in the Ukraine. And Biden said, quote, it would trigger a response in kind, unquote. Taken literally, as it was meant, this suggests that the U.S. would then mount a retaliatory chemical strike. Holy shit. Clean up again. Clean up again. Clean up on aisle seven. Those seven words issued by the president at the podium when asked a direct question, he gave a direct answer. The White House National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, after checking his heart rate, assured reporters, quote, the United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstance, unquote. But yet, later, when speaking to the soldiers of the 82nd Airborne Division stationed in Poland, gropey Joe Biden appeared to suggest that they were headed for the Ukraine when he prefaced the comment about the morale of Ukrainians with, quote, you're going to see when you're there. Once again, seven words that the White House cleanup team, clean up again on aisle seven, clean up again on aisle seven, word vomit all over the floor. Holy crap, folks, we're going to need more, more mops. When the cleanup crew said, in order to try and clarify the remarks, we are not sending U.S. troops to Ukraine and there is no change in that position. Yet, gropey Joe Biden, the commander-in-chief, the man who runs the nation, said so. In the same speech, Biden referred to, quote, what we're doing here in Ukraine, even though he was in Poland. Once again, Joe Biden does not know where he is standing at any given moment. The clown actually thought he was standing here in Ukraine. His words, his direct quote, when a president of the United States of America speaks, people listen. People take him at his word. Imagine for just a moment if these four gaffes on one official state visit were made by Donald Trump. Imagine how the CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNBC, HLN, CNN, and all of the liberal rags would have covered those four separate gaffes of Donald Trump. Hell, there was no evidence that Donald Trump was faltering mentally or physically during his four years as president. But the media sure wanted everyone to think 
that he was a mumbling, fumbling, stumbling fool. Now they've got one, and they won't make the comparison. So taken with Biden's other gaffes, inadvertently calling for a regime change in Russia, was just one more White House walkback. Now, while this may not be the official policy of the United States government, can anyone argue with the sentiment that the world would be a much better place without so-and-so in power? You can insert Putin in there. You can certainly insert Biden in there. You could insert Kim Jong-un in there. You could insert Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Sheila Jackson Lee. You could insert many names into that. Would the wor anyone argue with the sentiment that the world would be a much better place without so-and-so in power? Of course, the Kremlin seized upon these statements, these gaffes, these utter stupid remarks by President Gropey Joe Biden. They were curt, and they were, of course, dismissive, as they should be. Biden is certainly not a world leader. He's a guy sitting in a chair, reading cue cards, tracing his hand on paper, trying to figure out what color the sky is, what state he's standing in, what office he holds, whether it's his wife or his sister, whether he's the first gentleman of the, or the first lady or is the vice president or the president or the senator. He doesn't know from moment to moment. The Kremlin's response, quote, that's not for Biden to decide. The president of Russia is elected by Russians. Officially, Putin did win the 2018 presidential election handily. Yeah, that's the ticket. Putin won in a fair, free election. And no one could blame Russian collusion because, well, it was a Russian election. But then again, we've all been told that Biden won the presidency over Donald Trump with 81 million American votes. That is highly suspect and continues to be highly suspect. I could continue to go on and on with this, this article, but basically, James Robbins, who is a senior fellow for National Security Affairs at the American Foreign Policy Council and an academic dean interim at the Institute of World Politics, is trying to tell you all, just ignore what Biden said and think about what we're telling you he meant. He meant what he said. He said what he meant. He went off script because he's tired of reading the things written for him to say. I'll remind you once again to look at the old original Star Trek episodes way back in the 1960s. There was an episode where a starship commander of some rank went to a planet to observe a new civilization that had gotten into the early 20th century equivalent. And somehow he brought in a book about Nazi Germany and the entire nation turned into a large-scale version of Nazi Germany. This president, this version of Hitler, was originally elected by the people and then dominated by people who kept him injected full of drugs in a comatose-like state, reading from a teleprompter, reading from Hugh cards, and running that nation directly down the path of communism. If you watch that episode and you look at Joe Biden's presidency, you see so very many eerie similarities. It's almost as if Gene Roddenberry himself had written the entire script for the Biden presidency. You can look it up online. It was called Patterns of Force. I think you'll find it quite entertaining and telling 
especially as you weigh that episode against what is happening in America while Joe Biden mumbles, fumbles, bumbles, stumbles, and of course, crumbles before your very eyes. This is the Truth Hurts program. Hey, Dad. Yes, son. Can I take the boat out this afternoon? That cute girl from down the street would really enjoy a ride. Sorry, son. We can't afford the fuel for joyriding in a boat right now. Hell, I wanted to drive my motorcycle down to the National Forest, but even with the great fuel efficiency of the bike, we just don't have the extra money to burn. And it's all Joe Biden's fault. But, Dad, the people on the internet and the news say it's Putin's fault. Son, don't believe the lies of the internet, and certainly don't believe what you hear on the so-called news. The gasoline prices in America went up 48% from the day Biden took office until the week before Putin invaded the Ukraine. Hell, they've doubled the price of diesel fuel, so that story about Putin's invasion causing high gasoline prices is a complete lie. Wow, Dad, I had no idea. My high school civics teacher said that all of the inflation, all the supply chain issues, the high crime, and all the other issues all go back to the trickle-down effect of Donald Trump. Son, your teacher is an idiot. And if I saw him right now, I'd tell him to his face. Liberal arts college-educated moron. I bet he loves living on his salary in this era of high prices, empty shelves, massive crime waves, immigration issues, and... But Dad, he says there is no border crisis because there should be no border. Who are we to tell people they can't travel freely from one section of land on our planet to another? Again, son, your teacher is an idiot wrapped in a moron. Our southern border is wide open and criminals, terrorists, drug runners, human traffickers, gun smugglers, and people with major diseases are illegally trespassing in our sovereign nation, invading our country. We have laws in this country, son. Biden is choosing to ignore them and to not enforce them. But Dad... No, son. Imagine you work hard all of your life, like I have. You buy a nice house for your family, a nice car for your wife, a nice pickup truck for yourself. You manage to save up enough money to buy a motorcycle, maybe a boat. You got nice furniture, nice clothing, some food on the table, because you work hard every day. Now imagine, one day you come home from a hard day's work, and there, sitting on your sofa, is a group of foreigners who broke in. They're eating your food, watching your television, dirtying up your furniture, taking your clothing and your car, and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. But I'd call the cops, Dad. Nope. Remember, there are no borders. There's no law. And if there's no law, there's no need for cops. And remember, Biden and the Democrats wanted to defund the police anyway. You think they're going to worry about your white privilege because some poor brown-skinned person decided they wanted your stuff more than you did? When law breaks down, son, the entire nation and society breaks down. Now listen, if you really want to use the boat to impress what's-her-name down the road, you could go mow about 15 lawns in the neighborhood. You might earn enough money to fill the boat's tank with fuel, if you're lucky. Freaking Joe Biden. Now, I do apologize. I stepped a little bit off track from what I began talking about. This article in BuzzFeed.News about a Denver Broncos player who supported Colin Kaepernick in his disrespectful, distasteful, unpatriotic, disgusting display of taking a knee while kneeling for the national anthem. I know. But Steve, you are a supporter of the First Amendment right to free speech and freedom of expression. Yes, but like Joe Biden said, we will respond in kind. If it's okay for black people to call me cracker, it should be okay for me to call them the N-word. I'm not going to. I don't want to lose my platform. I don't want to be called a hate speech mongerer or a racist. But what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. What's good for one ethnic minority should be good for every American. There's no revenge. This country isn't sanctioned on revenge. We aren't predicating our entire existence on an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Tamara Griffin is a Buffy new reporter. And she writes, Denver Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall 
received a racist letter that referred to him as, amongst other things, a N-word, a spoiled jigaboo, and a mud puppet. I'm reading from the article here. I am quoting the article. Do not hold this against me. Just like Joe Biden read before Congress and used the N-word and said the words out loud, I'm not going there. Marshall posted a letter to Instagram, this happened back in 2016, by the way, with a caption that read, The hatred by some against people of color is one of the reasons why we are at in the world today. And they wonder why we feel the way we do and take the stances we take. I received this letter at work. Work, of course, being the football training camp where this guy earns millions and millions of dollars to run with a ball. Hello, Mr. Marshall, the letter read. How are you? You are a great football player, Mr. Marshall. No, you're not. You're a worthless effing N-word who is a spoiled effing jigaboo. Now, for context, the word jigaboo is apparently a derogatory term used back in the 60s for black people. The letter continues, if you are so effing unhappy with America, turn in your millions and move back to the jungle, you effing gorilla monkey. We hate you and your kind of N-words. You black effing porch monkey. Your name should be Sasebo. Your time is coming. Watch out, N-word. Go back to Africa, you mud puppet. Marshall was being criticized when he joined the 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick and several others in taking a knee during the national anthem before football games. He lost two sponsorships. Oh, <laughs> I guess those sponsors chose to exercise their First Amendment rights. Mr. Marshall told the Gazette, We have freedom of speech, but then we use our platform and we get bashed for it. It's almost like they only want to go with the grain. And once we go against the grain, it's an issue. I feel for Cap. I understand where he's coming from, and I support him. Well, that's your right. And no one's holding that right against you. But people have the right to their opinion against you. You see, certain ethnic minorities in this country only want to have a freedom of speech when it benefits them. And they don't want you to have a freedom of speech when it goes against them. They cry racism and they play the race card every time. <laughs> and then they justify using the very same racist words and phrases to one another and even to white people as if that is some sort of thing they earned. Wrong. I said it before, I'll say it once again. No man, woman, or child alive in America in this year, 2022, was ever a slave in the United States of America. Nor were their parents, nor were their grandparents, nor were their great-grandparents. Maybe a hundred-year-old black person who's living somewhere in the country might be able to tie direct lineage back to a great-great-grandparent who was reportedly a slave, perhaps. Maybe some rich white family or some rich black family who can trace its actual lineage to the 1700s, to the 1800s, the first half of the 1800s, and say, yep, we own some slaves. But they freed those slaves. Don't they get any brownie points for that? BuzzFeed News had reached out to Marshall and the NFL for comment way back in 2016, and we, of course, heard nothing. Which brings me to my next point back about racism. 
There was an article, and I can't seem to find it. Let me look once again quickly. And, of course, it involves a Florida man. News One reports on their homepage in a subsection called Race Matters. Video shows racist Popeye's cracker customer threatening to lynch a worker over a refund dispute. And then it says, spoiler alert, Karen's husband didn't get his money back. Well, listen, I don't care if you're white, black, green, red, purple, yellow, orange. If you go to a restaurant, a Popeye's, a McDonald's, anywhere, and your food isn't to your liking, you request a refund, you should get it. And the employees should be trained in customer service. That's their job. No, I don't think any customer should walk in there and start out using racist language to someone. But I would imagine, since this video only starts at the first utterance of the N-word, I would imagine the camera was turned off prior to that, and we'll never see what happened before that moment. And probably there was some civilized request for a refund before this quote-unquote cracker racist white person was thrown out. Disturbing video footage, according to Reddit, shows a suspected white supremacist, oh really, now he's a suspected white supremacist, violently threatening a fast food worker over an order dispute, and it seems to check all the boxes for a federal hate crime by way of a threatened lynching in an N-word-laced rant. Now forget the fact that the employees, all black, were egging this guy on, calling him Cracker and all kinds of other names. That's okay. That's allowable. The video was filmed at the checkout counter of a Popeye's restaurant in Florida and went viral this past Sunday. And according to the article, leaves no doubt about how the white man who starred in the footage really feels about black people. Now, there's little text accompanying the video that abruptly opens, showing the unidentified white man angrily walking towards the counter that separates Popeye's customers from workers, one of whom was filming the encounter. So you see, they started filming way before this thing got out of hand. And you can hear the black employees taunting this guy, egging him on. But they're going to make the white guy out to be the only evil villain in this scenario. While holding a phone to his ear, the white man, who is clearly very upset, demands a refund for his food. I've seen people demand refunds before. It's not a hate crime. One worker, an older man, says some unintelligible words, the article says. In other words, some ebonics mumbo-jumbo. Before the white man points at the camera and claims the filming worker called him a cracker. Okay. Well, well, Mr. Biden says we're going to respond in kind. You call me a cracker, I call you an N-word, if those terms apply, right? As seen in this edited video, when the older worker asked the white man why he was called that, his response immediately offers what the article says is missing context. The white man roars in response, I called her a effing N-word after she called me a cracker. So it's okay to offend a customer? Where's your customer service, Popeyes? It's okay to insult and racially disparage and use racial slurs towards a white customer when you're black? It becomes clear that no one cares about the white man's grievances, so he throws an impressively racist and, as they say, privileged and entitled tantrum that would make a baby David Duke blush. The man growls at the camera, You N-words think this is effing acceptable, huh? 
He growls this at the camera, which remained trained on him, recording this spectacle for the rest of the world to see. For emphasis, in case it was unclear that they think he's a racist, the white man widens his eyes, leans over the counter, and yells directly into the camera, you effing N-word, extending the R sound in an effort to prove his anti-black hatred, the article says. Some giggling can be heard coming from behind the camera before the camera person offers equally profane words for the white man. But he or she won't be fired. It's okay to disparage the white man. They probably started it to begin with. It's just my opinion. Because we have not seen the entire footage. I actually reached out to Popeyes, America's favorite chicken, and asked them if they could provide the Truth Hurts program with the in-store video footage. Since someone says this is now a hate crime, this should become a matter of public record. I'd love to see the entire encounter, how it started, how it escalated, and how it came to enrage this white man to the point where he felt the only way he was going to get his point across was to use racist epithets. But just in case you thought it couldn't get any worse, this article continues, the white man took it there. He physically threatened to beat the worker who he said called him a cracker and then suggested he would lynch them. Suggested? His actual words were, I'm going to hang you from an effing tree, bitch. He's looking directly into the camera. As it becomes evident no one is coming to the white man's aid, he decides to unleash a flurry of more inward laced threats to the worker who had since already begun serenading him with the term cracker, 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 similarly over-exaggerating the vowels as the white man did with the N-word earlier. And yes, there's more. Resigned in defeat and resorting to lame jokes about the worker's grandmother, the white man begins walking back towards the front doors, which he initially stormed through while demanding a refund that, according to the video, he never got. So I guess the lesson to be learned here is don't eat at the Popeyes in Okeechobee, Florida, if you're white, because you're liable to be framed as a racist, even though it's probably the fact this guy was a racist. But we'll never know, because either way you look at it, whoever the white man is on the video with these violent and racist death threats against a black Popeyes employee has shown his face for the world to see, allowing the karma universe that is social media power to take its own judicial course and hold him accountable for his flagrant, unabashed display of pure, unadulterated anti-black racism. Sadly, regardless of when the video was recorded, it will not likely be the final racist dispute in a Popeyes restaurant, according to this article. There were white people who got beaten up for saying the N-word at a Popeyes recently in Tennessee. It's okay for them to say it. It's not okay for you to say it. You better learn that lesson. Otherwise, you might have your house burned down. You might get fired from your job. They might take your microphone away from you. That's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Thank you.